Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Yeah, well, lift your hands and pray for a moment or two. Pray that in this short time that we have together with God's spirit and God's word, God will speak to us and God will speak to you. God will speak to us. God will speak to us. Maso pale so tasi kaleba. Lord, speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to us. Speak to us in this time that we have together. Speak your word. Speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Speak to us. As we pray. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord Jesus. We wait on you. Speak your word into our hearts and have your way. If you know how to sing, let's sing. Have your way. Have your way. you may be seated signs of disloyalty without signs you can't tell who a disloyal person is to see or to send out your back to see and to identify a disloyal person you need signs is that not so we have gone through nine of them already how many of you remember number one is what A leader who disappoints you when you are under pressure. Number two is a leader who disappoints you when he is under pressure. Number three is what? A leader who has a moral weakness. Yes. A leader who has molested children. You can't trust him. Say amen. Amen. Number four. Why is the church suddenly quiet? You were not expecting this one. Okay. A leader with financial problems. He has stolen at work. There's something missing in the house. He's a suspect. All these, you can't trust such a leader. Yeah, it's like something is missing in the house there. Everybody said he was alone with the thing in the house. And then after that, 
the thing cannot be found. Not that it happened once, but it has happened at work. It has ha- the fact that your name even comes up. It's a dangerous thing. Amen. amen. Say another amen. amen. I mean, they are accusing you that condoms are missing at your workplace. A pastor. A pastor. Somebody who's training to be a pastor. Condoms are missing at your workplace. And you are a suspect. Oh. Next one, next one, next one. Next one, quickly, quickly. A leader who is worldly. Okay, a leader who is worldly is just into worldly things. Worldly. It's like, Demas left Paul because he was worldly. He loved this present world. Someone says somebody, somebody loves the world. It's like worldly things influence you greatly. Influence you so much that you can't even, you can't. Everybody is wearing a label. You must wear a label. So even when you don't have the money, you still need to wear a label. Yeah. Wear a label. Look, you can make your own label. You just write your name here, then it's your label. And, and, and by the way, this is just by the way, some of you wear labels. These, what, are the, what are the nice labels? Gucci, Amani, where is he? <laughs> Michael what? Call. Michael Kors. Oh, I didn't even know him. Michael Kors. All these labels. Do you know that? I mean, sometimes some of you wear what is a label. I mean, it's a label. And we can't know, we don't notice. Yeah, we don't notice that um, the bag you are carrying is, is, is Michael or is Prada. We don't notice. Unless you show it to do you, a lot of the people, they don't know Louis Vuitton. A lot of the brothers, we don't know Louis Vuitton or Louis Vuitton. We don't know all these ones. So when you, when you come and you are carrying it, or Burberry, Burberry is the popular one, and you are carrying the Burberry, we don't notice. We just know that you are carrying a bag. Do, do, do you understand? But you are... There's too much talking in one church. You are the one who's so conscious that you are carrying a baby, but we, we don't notice. We don't notice at all. Do, do you get it? Yeah, and also, sometimes also, you don't look nice in it. Sometimes you don't look nice in it. You would have looked nicer in a Mr. Price shirt. Yeah. No, you'd have looked, you would have found a nice Mr. Price shirt that fits you nicely. You look very nice in it. But because everybody is buying um, the one from True Earth is called what? DH. Daniel Harley. Do you see? And, 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 and you've gone to buy it. But you are not getting your size. So you are wearing D8. Um, Small size. Medium. Okay, medium. But you, you are between medium, small and medium. So when you wear it, it's oversized. Do you get it? Meanwhile, you would have gone to Mr. Price, and you'd have gotten a medium from Mr. Price, which is a slim fit, which will sit on you perfectly. Perfectly. 
Do you see? But it's like, I got to get it. I got to get it. You see, you go and wear oversized. You are moving around. We, you don't look. You just feel that you are wearing something. But when we see you, we feel that what happened here? What's going on? Okay. And also, I don't have any problem with wearing labels. When your time comes, your time has come. A time will come. They will just be normal. It's like, it's like where you operate. That's what you wear. But don't, 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 don't be obsessed by it such that you will do anything for, for it. I, look, one day, a pastor friend of mine, I met him, said, he was wearing a nice t-shirt. The t-shirt looked very nice, and I told him, I'm going to take this t-shirt from you. Because anytime I go anywhere with he comes to look in my suitcase, then he will take my things. Some with my knowledge, some without my knowledge. The, ne- the next thing I'll see, no, he's wearing it, and he's moving, and he's feeling very comfortable. And he'll come and tell, you see, the, the way your shirt fits me, it fits me very well. <laughs> no, I've known him for years. He's always taking things from me. So that day, I decided to take his T-shirt from him. So he said, no problem. Let me wash it. So he washed it. I owned it, then he gave it to me. When I look in the t-shirt, Mr. Price. Mr. Price. Mr. Price. But it's nice. The design is nice. It fits him nice. It's even nicer on him than me. I just took it out of. <laughs> yeah, I wish I... I'm sure if he sees me wearing it, he'll come and take it thinking that it's mine. But I just took it out of retaliation. <laughs> Do you get it? So relax. Okay. Next one is what? Okay, number nine. A leader who doesn't want to be trained or retrained. That's where we finished. That's where we talked about the prayer. And we ended. You have forgotten. Then let's continue. It's okay. No, no. You have have forgotten. No, 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 no. You have forgotten. You have forgotten. I had to remind you. So, a leader who doesn't want to be trained or retrained. Why do you need to be trained? Because every house and the way they do their things. That's all. That's, it's just basic. Every house and the way they... That's why I do. No matter what job you apply for, as soon as you enter into they take you through training. Is it that you don't know the accounting principles? You know the accounting principles, but they want you to know how they do their things. Also in the church, every church and how they do their things. So when you come, you have to be retrained. Our church, we write exams. Not every church writes exams. If you like go to the church, the one across the street, they don't write exams. They don't even read to write exams. So there's no need. But our church, we write exams. So when you come to this church, you must accept that we write exams. And if you want to be a leader in the church to a certain level, you have to write exams. And sometimes you can tell when people write exams whether they want to write the exams or not. How do you, are you able? You can tell from the results. I mean, write an exam, you get 14 over 20. A 14 over 100. You don't want to. You don't want to, but because you know we have a book and in the book we have written that watch out for leaders who don't want to be trained. So you have to write it to fulfill all righteousness. But when you write it, the outcome tells us. Clap for me, clap for me, clap for me. Yeah. You thought I wouldn't catch you. No? Oh, oh, Lungani, what do you think? You express your unwillingness to do the thing by the marks you get. You, You express it. Because if you don't write it, Rebecca, if you don't write it, then we can know that clearly. Because if even if I, you, you that you didn't even know much from the book, if I come and tell you that, Pumi, your name is Pumi, ne? Pumi or Pume, Mpume, yeah, it's close. I almost got it. Yeah. Mpume didn't want to write the exam. Immediately you say, oh, that's a sign. That's a very bad sign. But she wants you not to be able to say that. So she will say, I wrote the exam. Do you see? So you can't, you can't say, ah, she's somewhere. No, she wrote the exam. But in the exam, she will get 16% to show you that, uh-huh, 
That's it. I wrote it, but hey, no big deal. And Pastor, but that was not my mind. If you really wanted to do it, the effort you put into studying it will show in the exams. That's, that's actually it. That's actually it. The, the, the results will show. Hello? Are you all here or you have gone home? I mean, you get 32. 100, 100 questions, you only score 32. Or below. Yes, sometimes people write the exams. You see that, look, the exam is difficult. And they survive, they, they maneuver, then they get 48, 49. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. It's like, the pe- you see, you give the person another attempt, you see the person will pass. That's not what I'm talking I'm talking about, you have written the exam. You are training to become a pastor. You can't get 30% in the exam. How sad. Hey. I don't know why I've gotten worked up so early because I'm just starting the preaching. I've not even started today's preaching. It's like you get, you get less than 30%. Are you really serious about what you are doing? 17%. 12 and a half. And you are arguing over the half. You say, oh no, it's true, it's not true, it's true. It's because of the time. And the whole argument is about the half. If we give you the half, you get 13%. Look at your neighbor and say, wow. Exam. We, our church, it works with exam. That's how we train our people. I've written, this church, I've written exams in the church. I mean, I'm even tired. Look. Point number 10. Point number 10. Point number 10. No, it will go on podcast. No. No, 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 no. Number 10. Elite. <laughs> Leaders who are not prepared to do menial jobs. This is, this, we are talking about signs. What do we want to do? We want the whole church to be in a way, as soon as you see something, you can see, oh, this thing is not a good thing. This thing is not a good thing. You can identify it. So somebody will enter, ah, you, a normal church member, just a church member like you, you know this, you know that. When the person does, oh, no, you don't behave like that. It's, it's not proper behavior. When you have somebody in the church who doesn't want to do menial jobs, you, can, you, cannot, you cannot have that person as a leader in the church. What is menial job? Menial job is jobs that we, we like cleaning, pulling the chairs, arranging the chairs, sweeping, cleaning the toilet. All those things, they are menial. They, they are what we call menial jobs. Jobs that usually people look down. As a leader in the church, you must be prepared to do anything and everything. I come to the church, you see me arranging church. This church, you see, here, I arrange, every Saturday when I come, when I have an idea and I come, I see the choir, they are wasting my time. I'll be sitting down waiting for them. I'm just sitting there waiting for them to close so that I can arrange the chairs. Sometimes you see they are not closing, so I just say, look, let, let them be there. I'll start arranging the chairs. To myself, arranging the chairs. One by one. When people see me, then this guy with the first... Is it the first day he came to the church? No, he came to the church one day. I was carrying chairs to the church. And he said, no, 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 no. I shouldn't carry chairs. It's not nice that the pastor of the church is carrying the chairs. So, no, I shouldn't carry the chairs. By the time he turns his head and comes again, I've gone to carry the chairs. <laughs> I mean, when did I become a big man? I'm just, Jesus said, I'm amongst you as one that serveth. I'm amongst you as one that serveth. So, when you have leaders in the church who can't do, it's like, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I only do jobs that, I only do singing, I only do the singing. I come and hold the mic and then I sing. 
That's it. And then they stretch their... Sometimes we get to the church, it is dirty outside. My wife will take a broom and start to sweep. Start to sweep. Start to sweep. But you did yourself. My shoes will get dirty. Now, Pastor, are you saying that everybody in the church must be a sweeper? No. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, and if everybody in the church can sweep, what's the problem? But what I am saying is that. Once you display that you can't do, it's like you are too big to do some of these things. The toilet, we all go and toilet ourselves at. You can't clean it. So the question is, who should clean it for you to come and toilet at? Do do you understand? Meanwhile, when you go there, you come back. There's the need for cleaning. I mean, you stand here and you start to shoot. I mean, the target is as far as where Tyler is. And then you start to shoot. And then it, it and, and, your, and, and your gun is not stable. It keeps moving around. And you spray everywhere. Then getting to the end. You get it right there. Then the final set, it comes like it it draws a line onto your shoe, into your trousers. Then you get out. You won't even wash your hands. Then you come back into the church. Then when we are sharing the grace, you start to stretch your hands. go there and it's clean. It means somebody has cleaned it. So why can't that somebody be you? Once a while, why can't it be you? Why can't it be you? Why can't it be you? And if it's you, what's the problem? But when you find somebody, you say, oh, oh, please, can you please move there? I mean, some of us even eat in the church. I'm surprised that they are making announcements. They have to make announcements in the church to tell church members that. Let's keep the church clean. Don't eat and throw it on the floor. I was standing here with, eh, was it you? Sunday, I was eating a sweet. And the sweet fell out of my mouth. I I, I always have the, the paper of the sweet in my pocket. I took it. The guy wanted to be. I said, no, you leave it. Then I took out my own paper. I open it. I pick it up and I wrap it like that again. I put it back in my pocket. When I got to the bin, I drop it in. Why not? You were here. You, you and some girl. Where's the girl? This girl. Yes. We, we were standing here, here, here. I was eating a mint. And they were forcing me to talk. So as I was talking, the mint fell out. I took it. If I didn't, I would have taken my handkerchief to pick it up and put it in my pocket. When I get to the bin, I'll throw it in. You eat, you put it in your own food that you have eaten. I don't know why. What do they put it in? The plastic. Then you drop it in the church. What stops you from just taking it from here to the bin? Before we even come to the bin being full. And when you get there, the bin is full. What is wrong if you ask that? Look, where do we take the bin? Then you take it out and then you go and put it there. And then we put another plastic in. What is wrong with it? The church is for all of us. It's for you and it's for me. What is wrong with it? Hello? What's wrong with it? That you, when you got there, the bin was full. And you say, oh, really? Then you just, some, it, it won't even occur. You put it by the side of the bin. Yeah. Look, I went to Anakazo campus. There's not even one bin there. And it's one of the cleanest places you can, you can ever be. No, not even one bin. So I realized that even having a bin is what causes the rubbish when you deal with us. Yeah, because we don't know how to... Once we see a bin, the understanding we get is that put the rubbish... 
this area, this whole area. Once the once the once you can see the bin from where you are, you can put the rubbish there. I said the whole of Anakazu campus. Oh, there's no bin. Can you imagine? No bin. So you drink your water. You are carrying your bottle. You meet people on the way. They are holding their bottles with them. Everybody. But if there was a bin, you go and put it in your car. When you get to a bin, you put it in. And the Anakazo campus is not like this, our church. It's, it's an area. It's an area. Not, it's, it's not, it, no, it's an whole area. Yeah. The whole of the area is the campus. Yet there's no, there are no bins. Like there's, when you go 100 meters, then there's a bin. No. So any rubbish that you make whilst you are there, you keep it with you. You keep it with you. And the place is clean. You, you never see people moving around cleaning. No. The people themselves make sure that we don't litter. That's all. It's as simple as thousands, tens of thousands of people come in and out of that place. No rubbish. No rubbish. And Ghana is very hot, so you drink more water. But you see, you see somebody has drunk two bottles of water. He's carrying two, his two bottles with him. Empty bottles. He's carrying. When he's going, to, he takes it with him. When you get out of Anakazo, you can throw it anywhere. That one, God bless you. <laughs> it's sad. It's sad that you, you see leaders, so you are moving in your own church, then you see something's lying on the floor. Even not after church, that we are now coming to have church service. It will not even occur to you that ah, my church, somebody, I'm going to bring a visitor, and he's coming to find an empty rubber lying here. Then you yourself, you say, oh, I didn't put it here, but I'm picking it up to take it away. Never. This is what I'm talking about. Let's, book, let's bring the book home where we are where we are. Let's bring it to us. Let's be practical. Let's stop talking about something that is in the air. Abstract. No. Here with us. Hello? Yeah, I'm surprised. They have to make announcement to tell us. Hey, what school did you go to? If at all. What school? Who trained you? You see, I'm not surprised because I'm sure you are the same people who sit in a car, you, 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 you eat that and then you throw it through the window. KFC, a whole KFC, you throw all the bones out. I'm sure it's you. How do I know? By the way you behave when you are here. That's how I know. Because as, as for entry, it has nothing to do with you. This church has something to do with you and you can do it here. Then entry there is easy. Entry, easy. How much more N2? As for N2, you pass it once in about 10 years. As for that, you spoil it more. N1, we we can't even talk about N1. (laughs) Jesus' disciples, when they finish eating, he asked them, he asked them to gather up the crumbs. Pick up everything. Clean the place. The the, the disciples, you know, James, Peter, John, Andrew, who again? Bartholomew, Thomas, who again? Simon. Judas. Judas. And then Judas is carried. Ask all of them, pick it up. Nathaniel, all these people. They were cleaning. They were cleaning everything. So when you are training leaders, it's one of the things you, you try to watch them in. Yeah, the day we come and tell you that, Pearl, I think you should go and clean the toilet. We'll look at your reaction and see, can we trust you? Eh, me? With this hair and this makeup and this lipstick? No. I came to the church. I mean, you, you know something? It's not everything that we can say, but that lady pastor, she's very proud. She's very, very proud. She look at me and says, I should go and clean the toilet. But what does she think she's talking to? Yes, she's talking to you, Bill. If she knew she was talking to me, she would have said to me, come and clean the pastor's office. That's it. But the toilet, me. Yeah. You are the one we are talking to. Because until it got to your tent to clean it, somebody has been cleaning it before it got to your tent. Yeah. Look, mellow, 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 mellow. If you see some of the people who clean the toilets, eh, you will even be afraid. Yeah, you will be afraid. 
I said, you will be afraid. You, are, you only have grade 12. They have master's degrees. You see them cleaning the toilet with their master's degree. Master's. If he, look, if you, if you give me a doctor and a grade 12 student, and you ask me to ask one of them to clean the toilet, guess what? I'll ask the doctor to clean the toilet. It's easier. It's easier to tell the doctor that I think you should clean the toilet. Easier. Because when you tell the doctor, clean the toilet, because he's educated, you just ask. Somebody has to clean the toilet. Why can't it be me? And then that's it. And when he goes to clean, he'll clean it very well. Make sure that when you tell the great 12, he said, Ah, because I'm in grade 12, that's why. That's why they asked me. Because, because I don't have a car, that's why they asked me. Because, because, that's it. It's like their minds are not developed enough to understand that it's not personal. It has to be done and somebody has to do it. It's finished. That's all. That's all. But if you if you like, get a very well-educated, rich man, person who is a CEO at their office, say, clean the toilet. So, oh, I'm in the church. They are, they are, they, those people, even when they come to the church, they don't want attention. They want to blend in. So they are trying to find things that are low to do so that nobody will see that they are tycoons. That's how they are. But when you bring the nobodies, the nobodies, even grade 11, you didn't pass, so you got 32, 32 in mathematics. I mean, you can't add addition. Two plus two plus three plus four. You can't add. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't get it right. Two plus two is four. Quick math. You can't get it right. Anytime you have to add, you have to use a calculator. When you are dealing with those people, that's where the problem comes. That's where all the problem is from. Eh, why did they trust me? Ah, because I'm short, because I'm tall, because I'm this, because I'm that. Because uh, those people, they are always asking, why me? Why me? Why me? Yeah, why me? Highly educated people, they are always asking, why not me? Why am I not being given a chance? If, if, if we have to take the rubbish out, when am I getting a chance to take the rubbish out too? That's how their minds work. But so the lower you are, next one, next one, next one, next one. Next one. Next one. Today is a holiday, Heritage Day. Jesus said, Except you become as little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Let's become as little children. Yeah, let's become as little children. When I come here, I'm a bishop. When I go somewhere else, I'm a small boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I go so even when we were at the crusade, Namibia, look, we are bishops, we are like some big men. The crusade director says, Come at this time. I say, Yes, sir. We are a little late. He will shout at us. We, say, we are sorry. Please forgive us. We won't do that again. It's the last time. We'll be late tomorrow, but we are sorry today. Please forgive us. Go and sit down. Yes, sir. Then we go and, quietly. We need some people to carry the books. Then we can we start carrying. That's all. That's all. If you're a bishop in your church. But here you are a small boy. Yeah, but we don't go there. We don't go there feeling, yeah, you didn't know me. Eh? I am, you are nothing. Relax. Yeah. Hello? Let's go on, let's go on. Number next one. A leader with a persistently stormy marriage. A leader. Now, this also applies to relationships because relationship is just like a rehearsal for the. No, because when I preach and I talk about marriage, like Sandy, I was talking about respect. Those of you in relationships, you have taken a look. It's not, it's for the married people. I, I need to tell you now so you know that it's for you also. It's for you, it's for you, and it's for them also. A leader with a persistently stubborn marriage. Now, when you see somebody with a... When, when we say persistently stubborn marriage, what do we mean? It means like every day there's a problem. Every day, storm, persistent. It means it's always there. 
Every marriage is stormy. Every marriage is... I mean, when you see those of us who say we have happy marriages, it doesn't mean that every hour is happy hour. No. Unless there are two angels. I mean, my wife can be an angel, but as for me, I know that I'm not an angel. I mean, if we are looking for angels, I mean, my wife can qualify. Me, dear, no, no, never. I mean, Lungani Spa and myself, never. Never, never. So, every marriage is this. This argument over this, argument over food, small thing over this. So, every marriage is like that. But when you have a leader who is like, every day there's a problem in their marriage. The problem cannot be solved. You solve this problem, then another one comes. Then you solve this problem. You can have one counseling, three years, the same issue is not finishing. You are dealing with a proud person. The difference between between marriages is pride. That's all. That's the difference. That's the difference between if there's a difference between your marriage and his marriage. It's not because he's married to a colored person. Because you're also married to an Indian person. You are all not married to blacks. Do you get it? But the difference is pride. That's the difference. That's the difference. Because when you have a proud person, no issue is ever resolved. They don't say sorry when they have to say sorry. When they are wrong, they will never say sorry. They will continue. Ah, But what about this? And then, have you considered this? And then this other thing. Look, they will argue. It's like they are arguing to the death. They will argue consistently. So when you see a marriage, the issue doesn't finish. Today this fight, tomorrow this fight, then this one, then this one, then this one, then this one, then this one. Either both of them are proud or one of them is proud. Yeah. So when you have a leader who has a type of marriage like that, that persistently every day, I mean, look at chairman, nice man like chairman. I'm sure that when they go home, it's not every day that is Christmas. No. And if you look at chairman, look, there's no nice man like chairman. Quiet. Doesn't like trouble. He doesn't like trouble. See, I've known him two and a half. He doesn't like trouble. Doesn't like argument. Everything. You, it's okay. You, let's leave it. Let's just leave it. Every day. It's okay. But I'm sure that when you go to the house, when the children are asleep, Once a while, there are issues. But when you talk to them, the issue is resolved. It's let go. The person who has been offended says, it's okay, I forgive. The person who has offended says, I'm sorry. But you, have, you can have leaders in the married couples in the church. No. Even sometimes, even the person has said sorry. What are you saying sorry for? I'm saying sorry about the thing that happened yesterday. Which of the things? I mean, the food that didn't, wasn't cooked on time. Which part of the food? Is that all you want to say sorry for? So, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. And this one is for free. You have to decide to have peace. Peace doesn't just come to you. You have to make a decision that I am going to have peace. Then you start doing things in such a way that you have peace. Or you argue until you die. Yeah, there's always an argument. There's always another side. Look, we had a meeting with one of our senior bishops and he was telling us something about, we're talking about facing. Do you know what facing is? How many of you know what facing is? How many of you don't know what facing is? Okay, like you do something, then you are being blasted or you are being shouted out. In our church, we call it facing. So you are being faced. 
Now, he was saying that, like when you are being rebuked, he was saying that, listen, one of the reasons why we don't get better, he was saying that your, your, your being good at, the things you are good, good at, don't necessarily make you better. They brought you to where you are. It's by fixing small, small mistakes that you have that will move you to the next level. Do, do, do you understand? But the things that you are good at, they have brought you thus far. To move forward again, you may have to fix maybe the way you talk, maybe the way you preach, or the way you meet people, the way you relate to You may have to fix this, that, then get better. Now, usually when those things are being pointed out to us, we only accept them when they are 100% true. You are, a, you, you are not a boy. Say, so, oh, okay, that one is it's true. <laughs> no. But when the thing is, you see, like, it's about, sometimes it's even 50-50. So, you don't wake up early. But meanwhile, three days out of seven, you wake up early. You start to, okay, how about Monday when I woke up early? And then Tuesday too, I woke up early. And, which is true. But, what it does to you is that it makes you reject the correction that will make you better. So you start to argue. And he was explaining to us that, look, the level we are coming to, we have to take every blasting as it is coming like that. Whether we can see that, oh, but what about this side? Have you looked at it this way? No. If you do that, you will miss what the person is trying to help you become. So you just take it that, ah, they say that I don't wake up early. Okay, from now I'm going to wake up early. And good for you. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you wake up early already. So you only have to fix Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you are perfect. If it was Monday to Monday, then you even have a bigger problem. So the fact that it's not even 100% is good for you because what you have to fix is not that great. But you see, we'll argue and argue and argue. We'll bring evidence from Taiwan. You have going to bring evidence from Taiwan to come and prove to your husband that, no, you are not. It's not like what you are saying it. It's not the way it is. You are, it's not completely true. In fact, and we will not even say it's not completely true, but you, it's not true. Watch out for you. Let me say the person they are in a relationship every day argument. Be careful. I say I say what I said on Sunday again. Women need love, men need respect. No guy wants to be there's a scripture even like that to be with a girl who's always nagging. No. No, the person already has one, and that is his mother. And he's trying to run away from his mother by coming to you. Then you have also started. Your mouth is on diarrhea. Your mouth. Your mouth has diarrhea. Number next one as we close. Hello. Are you all in the church? <laughs> it's like you have also turned into a mother. A mother. You have become Mother Teresa. Talking. Look, there's a way, there's a way a woman co- corrects a man. And there's a way a man corrects a woman. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. If you're a woman, you are going to correct a man. You have to do it with wisdom. Yeah, with wisdom, tactfully. If you don't learn to do that, then what do we need you for? Because if the guy is 32 years old, for 32 years, the mother has been shouting, and now he has decided that now I'm tired of staying with this woman. I want her to go and stay in the village so that I see her twice a year for three days. So twice a year, she can only shout for three days, then she's gone. In total, six days, it's finished. Then she's gone. 
in a period of 365 days, at least 359 days, I'll have peace. And has come to you. Then you too, you have turned to another. He looks at you and he says, Oh, my mother has come to this house again. I need another house. So when he goes to work, he will spend the whole day at work. Even when work has closed, he's doing overtime. By the time he comes home, it's 10 o'clock, everybody's going to sleep. He eats, then the next thing is sleeping. Just to reduce your talking. Next one, next one. Let me find it. Leaders who are irritated and reactionary when you correct them. I think we'll close with this one. Why did they talk about the women thing in the church? Why did they, they just react when you correct them? But they do something and say, no, don't do it like this. This is wrong. Yes. They start to react. Sometimes they react with their face. Yeah, they make a face. Yeah. Yeah, if the correction is coming through the preaching, they make a face to control the preaching. It's called It's called PCF. Preaching controlling face. They make a face to control the preaching. Yeah. Say amen. amen. They make a face to face their preaching. Yeah. When you, call, when you control it, so don't do this. You correct them. Bible says when you correct a fool, they will hate you. But when you correct a wise person, love you forever. Love you forever. Control them. They begin. They see you now. You will see. After church, when you say hello to them, you see that there's something. Hello. How are you, fine? They are saying that. Do you know you are going to ask me? I, do you see what you do? You see what you are saying in the preaching? <laughs> Watch out for people you can't correct. Or people who can't take correction. You correct them, they are bored. You correct them, they are bored. Watch out for them. I said, watch out for what? For them. Next one. Just for spiritual reasons, let's cover. How many have we had? If we have had five, we can close. Faith one. Okay. What's the faith one? People who give, who give excuses and continually justify their excuses. Yeah. A leader, watch out for leaders. Give an excuse and they will justify. I mean, they are going to prove to you that the excuse is right. Ah, Kitty, is that you? I have not seen you today. Yeah. Justify it. They are not wrong. Justify it. I wish some of your husbands would come to hear what I'm saying. I mean, you are asked to do something, then you give an excuse, a reason why it cannot be done, or you cannot do it, and you continually justify it. Watch out for leaders like that. Oh, this, then if you say, oh, but let's try this, then they say, oh, no, this, then that, like, continuously making an excuse and justifying the excuse. Why it cannot be done. Today, I want to eat pop. Then you start to give an excuse. Why we cannot eat? Pa- oh, you're recording me. <laughs> they are rec- it will be on YouTube, so you can just go on YouTube to get it. Why we? Why you can't? We can't eat pap. 
give different at this time. It's too late. The carbohydrates. Too much carbs. And guess what? Your alternative that you are bringing is rice and it's also carbs. You just don't want to make the pap. You just don't want to make the pap. Look, ladies, since we are talking about food, let me just finish with this food thing. If your husband asks for something, make that thing for him. That's what he wants. Don't ever say, oh, we do. you see, he didn't tell me what he wanted. That's what he has told you. Just make it. Say amen. Yeah. Just make it. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, who? No, you married him to make him happy. Or that's Unati, didn't you marry Zolile to make him happy? So why don't you just make him happy and let's be free? That's, that's basically it. <clears throat> now, I'm not talking about you, but you are the one who's in front. I was going to Abby, but she's recording, so I have to stay with you like that. So just make him happy, Blunt. You married him to make him happy. Is that not it? So make him happy. If it is this that will make him happy, make it for him to be happy. But you want him to... Some of you, you don't eat some food. Because of that food, nobody in your house has to eat it. Meanwhile, you don't eat it. Because you don't eat it, you have just made it into a law in the house that we all in the house, we don't eat it. Like me, I'm not a fruit person. Fruit, all this type of butternut, beetroot, vegetables. Me. No. I have all my veggies in the meat. Hey, Bishop, what do you mean? If we are eating pork, the, the pig, it ate vegetables. What do they eat? <laughs> so when I eat the pork, I get the veggies from the yes, process. Now, it doesn't mean that I, I stop the people in my house from eating if they like it. No, it doesn't mean I don't. I when I see the food, I see them making. Recently, we were somewhere. Then somebody, I think, ah, uh-huh, we went to a funeral. Then somebody was trying to dish out some food for me, and I told the other pastor that you know something. Everything that they are serving there, I don't eat it. Now, if the person brings it, and I don't eat it, it will look funny. So I'm begging him. Let's take a walk. <laughs> so that by the time we come back, they are finished with their food. Then he can have his food. And the people are gone. So at that time, if I don't eat it, that doesn't look funny. But I don't go and say, oh no, because I don't eat Nobody will eat it. No, no, why? But some of you are like that because you don't eat it. Nobody in the house will eat it. And you would just, you have 37 reasons why nobody can eat that food in the house. I mean, how? Still talking about food. I mean, me, all my food, it must be hot. No, there must be chili in it. I mean, as for food there, when you put it in your mouth, you have to feel it in your chest. If you don't feel it in your chest, it's not food. the people in my house don't eat chili that much. So I accommodate them. I've made my special chili. I made it myself. It's always sitting there. It's called frog sauce. It's always there. When you, they make the food acceptable for everybody and they give me my, then I take my frog sauce and I put it I can feel the heat. I say, yeah. Yeah. Recently, I think one of my children was feeling fluish. He asked me, what should I say? Oh, I can take one spoon of this frog sauce and give it to you. You'll be fine. <laughs> what was we talking about? A leader who constantly makes excuses and justifies it. You say, do this. We won't do it. You say, comment on the group. You won't comment. 
and then we'll make an excuse. My battery, my phone, my data, my, my, my dictionary, my, my, my vocabulary, my de- different excuses. Continuously. I don't have space. Memory card. This. Every different excuses. Folks, if you leave me, I can preach up till tomorrow. I can preach up till tomorrow. If you leave me, I can preach up till tomorrow. What's the next one? What's the next one? What's the next one? Who has just come? Two. What's the final one? We close with this one. We have close, actually. Somebody who doesn't keep promises. Somebody who doesn't keep promises. We close with this one. A leader who does. Next week, we start with a leader who's, who has just come. Somebody who's brand new in the system. But this, somebody doesn't keep promises. Promise to marry this one, then swerve. Then this one, then swerve. Then this one, then swerve. Mark them. You can't trust them. They are unfaithful. So they will, they will come and express that unfaithfulness also in the ministry. That's all we are saying. That a leader who is stubborn at home, he will come and display the stubbornness in the church one day. Just wait, give it time. Come in. That's what we are saying. So it's like he doesn't keep his promises. I'll buy you this. He won't buy it. Promise another one. won't buy it like that. Guess what? He will come and do the same. Also in the church. Doesn't keep his promise. He has proposed to three girls since 2017. 2017, 2018, 2019. He's on number four. You can't trust such a person. Doesn't keep his promise. You can't trust them. Hello. You can't trust them. Can't trust them. You can't trust them. You can't. You cannot trust them. You cannot. They don't keep their promises. You cannot trust them. May you be a leader who keeps his promise. Stand to your feet. Let's bring the service to a close. Lift your hands and pray for yourself quickly as we close and say, Lord, help me to be a good leader. Help me to be a good leader. Help me to be a faithful leader. Help me, help me, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Take away pride from my heart. Remove pride from my heart. Help me to be a good leader. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Help me. Help all of us, Lord, to be people who keep our promises. Your word says that he that sweareth to a thing, to his own head, same is a faithful man. Help us to be faithful. Help us to keep our word. In the name of Jesus. 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 Give us a humble heart. As we serve you, as we serve you, Lord, as we serve you. Lift your hands, let's pray. Father, thanks for every hand that is lifted up. Help us, we are only clay in your hands. Help us, mold us, and use us to your glory. In the name of Jesus, build in us faithful hearts, faithful minds, and faithful spirits that will be worthy to serve in your house in the name of Jesus. Amen. Pray this prayer and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Wonderful. Put your hands together and you may be seated. 
Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.